0: involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show.
1: This this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
0: we're starting things over uh, uh we're starting things over we're starting things a little bit earlier today because you have some stuff going on tonight i'm not going to be able to be live uh tonight so we're live in the morning and as uh you can see we forgot to turn the microphone on but that's okay we are going to a couple of developments here happened in the last couple of days uh that i don't see anyone else going out and uh Covering in the news uh, And there are I'm shocked uh, with some of the LinkedIn people out there I know we're all busy That this didn't go around the world three times already On LinkedIn, you know, in ten minutes uh, So we are going to be giving you raw information here Right, uh, we got this uh, Story came across on my Google alerts and, it, uh, and I'm gonna I'll give them credit where credit's due uh, Bloomberg Law uh, did a, a story on this and uh, with a link to the actual settlement, which I have not been able to find anywhere else out there. And what happens in the safety industry, when you have less information, or you have all these inter- information filters out there, you get a lot of message sent and message received type situations. When the message sent is this, and the message received is this: I'm always in the favor of the people who don't want to comply with uh, OSHA regulations, OSHA standards, OSHA anything. Uh, whether or they inadvertently, you know, they're well-meaning a lot of time. Most of the time, people are well-meaning, where we're uh, going to uh, uh, interpret things in the, in an advantageous way to them in the moment. So we all know that based on. Uh, you know all of our discussions here over the last, and it's going on 300 episodes. That uh, we have, uh, you know, all the different shenanigans and everything else that go on out there uh, with, uh, uh, with you know, stuff, what the people you've got to deal with, all of the uh, 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 nonsense, gaslighting, you name it, we got to deal with it here in the safety industry. Uh, and how, how people interpret things. So, for example, my, my biggest fear is, with this, is that it's going to be misinterpreted. For example, how many times have I had discussions with commercial and residential roofers over the last five years that they don't have to wear hard hats? because right? And they point to an OSHA, and, and they're emphatic about it. They're very convincing, at least in their own mind, to their own people. And then, well, that goes to leadership issues, right, where they're able to influence people. That uh, they don't have to wear hard hats. And then you get into it. Well, you don't have to wear... A, and they hang their head on a letter of interpretation. What the letter actually says is you don't have to wear hard hats if... And I have my broadcast assistant here handing me a note. Okay, great. All right, thank you. That was an important one. Yes, we do have staff in the background. Uh, so we... And it, No, we have, let me get back up here. So you have uh, folks out there, uh, uh, once you read the letter of interpretation from OSHA, it says, you don't have to wear hard hats if you eliminate all overhead hazards. And then you start to point out to them, well, you have this overhead hazard, this overhead hazard, this overhead hazard. Oh, and by the way, one of the new overhead hazards, one of the new hazards to the head that has been recognized over the last few years is same level falls. Or the hard hat, when you fall, the hard hat falls off and you hit your head. So I don't think you're going to eliminate all of those. And based on your housekeeping issues, I don't think that you're going to eliminate that and blah, blah, blah. And you go on and on. So therefore, put on your hard hat. We've had these discussions, and they've been heated, and they don't like them. uh, When we're working for the GC, this is what the rules are. And as we know, uh, basically, uh, OSHA regulations require that, uh, essentially. Uh, when they're you now there for the uh, fall protection hazard is one of them and all different types of stuff, fall protection standard, all different types of stuff on uh, hard hats. Now, this is going to be one of those because uh, what happened was the National Chimney Sweep Guild, back in 2017 and 2016, when they were updating the walking and working services standard for uh, the uh, general industry there were they put everything out for comment, meaning they, meaning OSHA, and people commented, and they were the ones who commented, and they had some pretty legitimate comments. Uh, basically, the gist of them are, uh, and I'm gonna inf- draw a couple of inferences here based on my experience with this industry, is, hey, we're going to be going, uh, uh, no, we're hired to do a job, we're getting paid usually less than a thousand dollars, right for these jobs as a chimney sweep. Most of the work is done from the ground, meaning from uh, uh, the inside of the chimney in this house, right? And our work on the roof is incidental. Why are we going to be starting to install anchorage points and doing all this other stuff for what amounts essentially as an inspection in a lot of cases or very incidental work on the roof? It's really not feasible, and you can understand that. And they said, the other thing is this. Our job is to work on chimneys. If we have to start drilling in stuff in the roof, right, now we're not chimney people anymore. Now we are roof people. And now we're liable for any quote-unquote damages, whatever you want to call them, uh, that we have as a result of the work. So what are we going to do here? And OSHA and them, they have been battling this out since, uh, Where I have the date. Uh, it was since April 8th, it was reported the first story, April 18th, 2017. So they've been going through this for over six and a half years, uh, essentially on this. So all through the previous administration and so much from the previous administration getting bad raps on OSHA stuff because they actually, you know, they actually fought this for how many years? I don't know how diligently, but they, you know, there was litigation here. And this deal came out, it was reported today, It is Wednesday, December 6th. Uh, So this was reported yesterday by Bloomberg Law, and with a link to the case, we're going to go through it. Now, what's my point? Now, this ruling has to specifically deal with Anchorage points, right, was one of the things. And it has some other things, too, we're going to go through. And so... What they've said is is that the chimney companies have to use a qualified person or a competent person and need to attach, can attach alternative means of anchorage points. For example, a tree, a vehicle, things of that nature. As long as it's done under the direction of a competent or qualified person. Great. Phenomenal. All right. That's what it is. How do you think that's going to be interpreted? And how's your work crew going to interpret it? Your work crew is. Going, this is going to get filtered down. Maybe it'll hit some trade group, maybe on LinkedIn or whatever. Hey, it's not fair that this other industry has gotten completely exempt from this, because that's what it is. Message sent. Message received. Or the other one: I'm working for a chimney sweep company, therefore I don't have to have anything because we want a settlement promotion That's how it gets received. So it's very important if you are a safety professional or another person involved in this stuff that you, or training, that you really go into what is going on with this thing. Don't consider it, uh, you know, you you want to do something great? Share this video where we're going to go through it. This way you don't have to. You can say some guy from Safety Wars Went and uh, shared this with me and we could get him on the phone at 845-269-5772. Or we could go and give him an email at jim at and visit us on all of our wonderful social media platforms and there as Safety Words or me, Jim Posel My name is here. I am the Safety Shock Jock. So okay, self-identified, but I've been called that, right? on there right What well, is a shock jock someone who makes you that uh, shocks you into and makes you think so that's basically it so without any uh let's go into a commercial break uh and right here and then we're gonna get started because i gotta do share screen and everything else right have you listened or watched uh the safety war show it does stream live on, on the radio and um on the streamer emers that we have. So if you have not taken a listen to Jim Pulzel and what the hell he's doing every evening with uh safety wars, I would I would strongly encourage you to um to take a view or take a listen, um, whichever option is available for you, and take a listen to what the hell he has going on. Uh it's definitely it will take some deep dives and in some information that you might be interested in. Well, I'm not going to be little here. I'm going to be the same size, but we're going to go through, uh, or you know, yeah, let's can we do it equal? Yes, we can. We can do it equal here. Uh, so uh, th- again, this is a link to the case from uh, the link was from uh, Bloomberg Law, and here, come on, where is it? There it is. Okay. So National Chimney Sweep Guild. This is uh, in the United States Court of Appeals for the 7th Circuit. National Chimney Sweep Guild et al., meaning there were several other petitioners, and docket number 17-1087 versus OSHA. And uh, here we have, it's a consent of motion to dismiss. Attorneys can tell you what that means, but basically they have to, my understanding of the law is that the settlement is a, Reached by both parties, and then it has to be approved by a judge somewhere on here. And uh, now this some of the history behind the uh, court on, on uh, under the uh, settlement and everything else. They always give a nice history here. Again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not playing one on TV or the radio. The uh, court entered uh, right on September 12, twenty seventeen, at the request of the parties and. The Ned Stevens petitioners, whose petitions were consolidated with NCSGs and earlier resolved. The court entered an order suspending the briefing in this matter, pending further court order of the court going on. And the last status report advised the court that the parties had negotiated a comprehensive settlement addressing all issues before the court. And going on here. And this was all dated uh, here through here and from the council. By the way, who's the attorney here? Uh, Lawrence P. Halprin, Keller and Heckman, uh, counsel for. Uh, why does that name sound so familiar? Is that hold on, hold on? Yes, Keller and Heckman. Uh, I'll give another podcast. A, and I know I go off subject there occasionally. Uh, so Keller and Heckman, they have that their own podcast, which I'm going to really recommend, which is Ocean Thirty Thirty podcast with Heller and uh, Keller and Heckman. This gentleman is often on the air. I believe he's a co-host. Uh, Manish Rath is listed as the host here. Uh, so uh, they're probably going to cover this case and and. Uh, Right, and I'll let you know about it here. And all forward ground, right. So the secretary and NCSG stipulate and agree as follows National Chimney Sweep sweep Guild. Stipulation and settlement agreement incorporated by the reference attached going on 15 days. And OSHA agrees that they're going to send this out. Uh, NCSG will conduct outreach to Chinese service industry and encourage uh, them to adopt fall protection practices described in the settlement agreement document those practices and communicate these practices to all their employees who perform covered tasks. The objective of having and communicating the documented fall protection practices is to enable the employees at the site being inspected, even if not owners or supervisors to advise CSHOs, uh, of their fall protection practices, so appropriate inspection can be conducted without delay. OSHA shall provide the chimney service industry employers until December 1st, 2024. To implement this settlement agreement, employers who are in the process of implementing this settlement agreement must comply with the requirements of 29 CFR 1910.28, 29, and 140. Those are all general industry. And OSHA shall uh, distribute this uh, agreement. So here is the settlement agreement. Mm-hmm. And item 1A is hey, this is applies to the chimney service industry. Uh, and no, basically, that's it. They do not apply and may not be used for any work and perform for an employer outside the chimney service industry. They do not apply to and may not be used for construction activities. So, this is another catch point that we're going to have. Companies and people are going to say, well, this applies to the construction industry. Uh, uh, uh. And then my first question, when I get this thing back, I said, well, did you have the OSHA outreach course?" Yes. Well, then you know the difference, or they should have pointed out the difference between general industry and construction. "Uh, No, they didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. It turns out that they bought their things on the street or they used an online program where they didn't explain that exactly they're supposed to. The agreement identifies fall protection options that will be deemed compliant and going on. Now, this is the two big things, and we're going to go into the two examples that they give. The service industry shall be subject to all fall, to the fall protection requirements under general industry, 1910.28, 1910.29, 1910.140, as written. The anchorages identified in Appendances A and B, right, Selected and used by or under the supervision of a competent person for per the specific criteria set forth in the relevant uh, appendix will be deemed to satisfy. And there are two appendices here that we're going to talk about. The anchorages identified in appendices and be selected by or under the direction of a qualified person in accordance with the relevant appendix and used by under the supervision of a qualified person or a competent person In accordance with the relevant appendix, which has part of the complete fall protection, maintain a safety factor of at least two. Right, So safety industry, you have a safety factor of at least two in many situations. Will be deemed to satisfy 1910-140-C-13-2. OSHA shall ensure that no citation for failure to comply with the fall protection requirements, uh, what I just mentioned, shall be issued if uh, and when a chimney service industry employer, is a compliance in terms of this agreement applicable to the activity uh, at the worksite. Okay, so for example, so they give two examples here. A worker using travel restraint system consisting of a harness attached by a carabiner to a rope grab with a vertical lifeline that is threatened, threaded through the rope grab run over the peak of the roof and down the other side of the roof to a tree and attached to the tree with an appropriate knot except for the tree, and again, talk about uh, big arguments, talk about what the appropriate knot is. I hit a button. Pardon me. Right? Except for the tree and the knot, all individual components selected by the sweep to assemble the travel restraint system meet the technical specifications in the 1910-140 are being used... Uh, with any restrictions and specifications required by the manufacturer. Now, one and two now start to uh, uh, differ slightly. In that situation, the tree that is serving as an anchor meets all criteria in Appendix A, through Section 3, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. In that situation, a person is authorized to select the individual components, assemble, and install the travel restraint system, and to use or supervise its use to perform the covered task. Roof grab means a deceleration device for travels. Okay, now, so, uh, example two. All right. Uh, says the same thing, essentially, except a qualified person, right? Could do the same thing. And going on. Uh, okay, here we have definitions. We have note number three. The initial installation of a chimney cap which Joshua views as a construction activity. Remember, now you got to comply with the construction standard. Is deemed to fall within the definition of covered tasks for purposes of this agreement only. So this agreement includes uh, the installation of a cap, right? The removal and replacement of an existing cap, chimney cap, may be part of either Section 1910.28. Uh, uh, assessment uh, of assessment or covered task depending on the circumstances. The following explanatory material going on and different definitions. Employer is qualifying to operate under this settlement agreement. Each employer electing to operation, operate under this settlement agreement shall, before commencing activities under this settlement agreement, ensure it has documented its safety program for work top, rooftop work. That means you give someone like me a call to write the plan for you, right? Identified in its safety program for rooftop work the covered tasks that will be performed by its employees and any restrictions on the covered tasks that may be performed by a particular employee. Identified in the safety program for rooftop work, the fall protection options described below that will be installed and utilized by its employees, and any restrictions in the fall protection options. uh, Right? Pardon me. So, use and any restrictions in the fall protection options that may be installed or utilized by a particular employee. Obtained and provided its employees with the equipment necessary to perform the covered tasks and to install and utilize the fall protection options that the employer has chosen to include in its safety program for rooftop work. Consistent with any restrictions placed on the covered tasks, performed, or fall protection options is all used and going on. Provided its employees with training necessary to perform covered tasks and implement all protection options that the employer has chosen. Again, eight four five two six nine five seven seven two. I'll give you that training. Each employer electing to operate under the settlement agreement to ensure their qualified persons, common persons, and employees implement the procedures. Now that includes something on here that you gotta do uh, coming up here. Uh, safety program requirements. So uh, you have to have a section A. And we're in. Uh, Roman numeral four, safety program for rooftop things. You have to have a written program. You have to have training in that program. Uh, And blah, 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 right? And comprehensive training program, it goes through all of the requirements for a training program. So basically, you have to document training. All training must comply with 29 CFR 1910.30, general industry. All required training must also be provided to an employee before that employee performs or supervises work using any fall protection option to identify an independence A or B of this agreement. And it has to be, uh, the comprehensive training program must be developed and conducted by a qualified person. And the program must include a written certification by a qualified person that the program complies with this agreement. So if you are giving uh, training, to these folks, you better make damn sure that you are a qualified person. And how do we make sure that that happens? A qualified person means a person who by possession of a recognized degree, certificate or professional standing, or who by extensive knowledge, training and experience has successfully demonstrated the ability to solve and resolve problems relating to the subject matter, the work, the project or the project within the scope of this agreement. What is a confident person it means a person who is capable of identifying existing and predictable hazards, and any fall protection, and any personal fall protection system, or any component of it used under this agreement, as well as their application and uses with related equipment, and who has authorization to take prompt corrective action uh, to eliminate identified hazards. Now, I have, and uh, let me cover up the client name here. We've developed this. To help you identify your confident person and what their duties are, and to assign them, it's gotta be in writing, guys. If it's not in writing, bad things happen when this one, especially if you're in a state like New York, because then guess who becomes the confident person—the owner or the foreman, depending on where the supervisor—and uh, things go pretty much go to grovelo after that. Okay. Each floor electing blah blah blah. We already mentioned this safety program requirements, right? You have to have it, uh, the uh, program, and everything done by a qualified person, qualified individual, and it gives you the outline. This is all pretty standard fall protection stuff. The uh, C uh, the Safety program for rooftop work must include the following requirements for covered tasks. It has to have what? A written fall protection plan based on a hazard assessment. Hazard assessment. And a competent person has to do a hazard assessment. Again, this has to be done in writing here. Every job, I I imagine this would be able to take, uh, could be done on a checklist. Not that we're big fans of checklists here because they're very confining and they're only focused on certain things, but probably could do on a checklist or a field plan that we can help you generate. Going on in here, at least one of the workers installing or supervising the installation of fall protection must be a competent person. At least one of the workers using or supervising the use of fall protection or oral fall protection System must be a competent person, so a competent person has to be there, either supervising or using. A qualified person must uh, design any fall protection system used under this agreement that is not installed and used for the specifications in this agreement or installed and used in a manner for which the system was designed. The same individual may be both a competent and qualified person. The circumstances require the participation of a competent and qualified person. That requirement is satisfied by one individual. Meets the requirements of both definitions. So you can be both. Work on covered tasks. So you have to have it uh, what the covered tasks are with this. You have to have weather and you also weather conditions that you're allowed to work under, what your uh, uh, control steps are, what your you have to have a prompt rescue with this. Now, this is the important thing. Let me see if I could. Zoom in on this. How does this look? All right. We're going to zoom in on this one here. Employers shall ensure unannounced safety spot checks are performed and documented. Each worker engaged in covered tasks under this agreement shall be spot checked for compliance with this agreement a minimum of once per year. So, what does that mean? That means that you better... You know, we have these things called smartphones, right? You might have heard of them. And smartphones... Right? You might have heard of smartphones. And smartphones have what is called a video recording feature on it. And they also have body cameras, which all of my people have body cameras because we have issues with people threatening our lives and everything on sites. So... Yes, and then, they, oh, I never threatened his life. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> again, uh, employer enforcement investigations and retraining, right? So you have to have spot checks. I would recommend that they're videotaped. Some attorneys would say no, but at least videotape. I'm saying there's prove that you were there, take photos, paperwork, something. Often, uh, as an attorney recently called, told me, he said, look, videotape and shit could go both ways, Jimmy. That's the way it is. I said, oh, okay, I can see where it could go both ways. So just think of, you no, know, you don't want this to be like the TikTok. And then often what happens is when you videotape things, things always end up on TikTok, Instagram, or somewhere else. And then, you know, before you end know it, you have an issue. Employers shall take immediate action to correct any observed or reported violations in this agreement and retrain employees as required. All retraining shall be documented. Employers shall conduct... In investigations into any observed or reported incidents or near misses that involve falls from height. This investigation analysis of causal fashion factors shall be completed within two weeks of the incident. Employers must implement appropriate changes if necessary to prevent similar incidents in the future and must be documented and must document such changes. Now, uh... Assessments under this pursuant to 1910.28, with one exception, fall protection is not required when employees are inspecting, investigating, or assessing workplace conditions or work to be performed prior to the start of rooftop work, or to conducting a good faith inspection, investigation, or assessment of workplace conditions. And the rooftop work that was performed to confirm all rooftop work has been completed. So what does this mean? Before you start the work, do an inspection, okay, do an assessment, blah, 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 uh, assessment of workplace conditions. And number two, to make sure the work was done properly. right. The exception is that the employees must use any fall protection system or equipment meeting the requirements of 1910.29 that has been installed, and that is a, uh, that has been installed and that is available and adequate for workers to use for pre-work and post-work assessments. So let's say that you go up there; and they already have a system set in place. You got to use it. Okay, the following rooftop uh, activities fall within the scope of 1910.28. Uh, assessment inspecting flashing shingles rooftop vents and chimneys which includes removing a chimney cap with a screwdriver or a screw gun to allow inspection in, of the crown and inside the chimney cap and flue with the aid of a flashlight and or a camera and then replacing the chimney cap with a screwdriver or a screw gun while on the roof incidental chimney cleaning activities such as free removal of creosote may also be considered part of the section 1910.28 a2 Two, assessment for purposes of this agreement. So everybody got something out of this agreement, is what I get here. Question is, will the worker get that? Uh, will this be good for the worker? Fall protect preference for ground level work. Of course, ground level work, if you can do anything ground level, that would be great. Uh, with that, then you can't fall from height. And uh the, 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 and if there's anything installed already, you gotta use it. If it's you no know, meets the requirements. When fall protection is required, employees performing covered tasks under this agreement shall be protected from falls by any of the fall options described in paragraphs one through four below, which is not remember, listen closely. which is not infeasible and does not create a greater hazard pursuant to OSHA uh, Safety and Health Review uh, Commission case law and may may use a combination of these options. A fall protection aid may be used by an employee to prevent a fall while traveling to or from a covered task or while setting up and removing the fall protection option that will be used while performing the covered task. One, (coughs) pardon me. A travel restraint system that complies with the requirements in Appendix A of this agreement and is otherwise subject to 29 CFR 1910.140. A personal fall arrest system that meets the requirements in Appendix B of this agreement and is otherwise subject to 29 CFR 1910.140, three Working from an aerial work platform that complies with 29 CFR 1910.67. Working from portable ladders where the physical conditions at the worksite permit Use of ladders will be in compliance with 29 CFR 1910.23. Note, employers shall ensure that employees move ladders from location to location around the work site as often as necessary to safely assess the areas where work is to be performed. In other words, you don't put it on one piece of the roof and then uh, leave it there and the roof is like 200 foot long. Don't think that that happens? Guess I've seen that, right? And uh, additions, modifications, and updates to the fall protection options described in paragraphs one through four above that we just read that are designed to make them safer or more efficient while providing substantially equivalent protection may be requested by NCSG but are permitted only after consultation with the OSHA National Office. Directorate of Enforcement Programs and receipt of written approval from OSHA. Now, I recently had a client have an issue because they were at a trade group and the trade group said that they don't have to have SDSs because they're in an exempt industry or whatever exemptions and everything else. OSHA had a different point of view on that. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Yeah, you do have to have SDSs. So be careful here with this paragraph here. If you're going to deviate from these four things, You have to ask for a consultation from OSHA on that. And it it has to be in writing, written approval, meaning that you're going to have to have likely, I'm not an attorney, but my understanding is an uh, assistant area director or someone who is like officially designated to speak for OSHA, not necessarily. I'm not saying anything against them, the compliance safety uh, experts and the compliance officers and everything else. Right, my my understanding is that you don't have to that they are not really allowed to make uh, decisions on policy, official policy. However, field conditions they are given some leeway and things of that nature, which they pretty much, you know, my experience, they they use pretty uh, well. I mean, pretty judiciously, and they're very, you know, no issue. They they tend to be reasonable people with this stuff. But anything official, right? According to the screening, you got to get a consultation. And you can usually call for non site consultation from OSHA uh, with that. Right? Uh, and uh, they like doing that. Believe me. They like helping you. They, they like helping people. They don't want, want to go out there and start writing fines and citations. They will want to help people. And you know, you're showing good faith effort here. So, uh, exception to the fall protection requirement for chimney and chimney cap insulation only. So this is only for chimney caps. Uh, if by, uh, blah, blah, blah. if by all means of performing chimney sweeping or insulation chimney caps under sections 6a, b, and c above are infeasible or create a hazard greater, pursuant to OSHA Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission case law. Meaning you cannot say, you know what, that's infeasible. Okay, it's infeasible. Break out the case law book. Break out the precedent with this. Show me where it's infeasible. It can't be some guy like with uh, the uh, uh, COVID issue on TikTok or Instagram saying this, X, Y, and Z. The employer may allow employees to enter onto a roof to perform those stats without full protection when the following conditions are met. One, a competent person has determined by visual inspection that the work service is in good condition and capable of supporting the employee. Employees shall not enter into any portion of a roof where the roof pitch is greater than 4 in 12, employees shall keep their centers of gravity low whenever walking on or working from the roof, And meaning you're going to be on your hands and knees, which is the old way of doing things, Bo be way, before OSHA way. Employees shall take an access span that minimizes time spent within six feet of the edge of the roof. That's the whole thing with moving the ladder around. Appendices. Now, I, what I would do, with this, if I was going to go, because OSHA doesn't like to de- con- contradict itself usually, if I was going to call for an on-site consultation, uh, even uh, in the construction industry, I would try to use this kind of this document here. Say, look, you're allowing this, this, and this, and blah, blah, blah. Can we get a, a decision on this? This might be a good uh letter of interpretation right uh here right if someone wants to not going to be me but if someone wants to write a letter of, uh, under a letter of interpretation under osha this might be a good one that you could do because i could see this application and what they're uh, requesting here uh as being applied to other roof work all right with this but like i said it would be nice if you get something in writing. not nice it's like You should get something in writing with this stuff. All right. So this is using a travel restraint system. Travel restraint system is designed to use and use to prevent an employee from going over the edge of a walking and working surface rather than arresting a fall after going over the edge. A Travel restraint system should not be relied upon to arrest a fall because it is not designed to handle the potential forces generated in a free fall. All right. Remember, the anchorage point on a travel restraint system is what? 3,000 pounds usually, uh, which is not 5,000, right? With that. So that's why they have this. And that's my letter of interpretation. Uh, A travel restraint system generally consists of an assembly of components, Anchorage, anchorage connector, lanyard, a center-decent device, lifeline, or body support an employer uses to eliminate the possibility of an employee going over the edge of a walking and working surface. Okay, it looks like we're going to go over time here. Let's see. Uh, here uh, for the uh, Safety FM broadcast. Except as provided in this agreement, use of a travel restraint system shall be subject to all applicable conditions. And uh, a, a qualified person may, in the exercise of his or her knowledge, training and or experience, determine that some of the criteria listed below may be performed. So here we have a chimney-based travel restraint system. While it may be set up in a variety of ways, our chimney-based travel restraint system generally means a combination of light of line tightly wrapped around a chimney to which a lanyard and body support, meaning a belt or a harness, again, for I don't ever recommend a belt for anything because it often then turns into a fall protection use. So I always recommend harness with that. Uh, But, you know, no, I could just see people out there with a a old fashioned body belt uh, with this. And then uh, God forbid, you know, you know what you're going to, I hate to even imagine what you're going to get. So I would suggest just a harness with this, with appropriate uh, uh, you know, uh, D-rings and everything else, uh, I do not do body belts, period. Conditions for use. A competent person must determine that the chimney is suitable for this purpose and that the travel restraint system can be safely attached to the chimney. A non-enclosed chimney or vent, aka a manufactured chimney or vent with no shades, is not suitable for this purpose. Now, here's something else. What are the conditions... Of these things. This goes into this. What are the conditions? Have you ever seen some of these chimneys? They haven't been serviced in years, especially on residential dwellings. I've, I've had them where the, we've had to completely re uh, point chimneys on commercial buildings. Uh, I've seen houses and I've spoken to roofers where the freaking chimney part of their job, they go up there to do the roof. They said, Look, we can't leave this chimney the way it is. So, will that chimney be able to? would stand an anchorage point of 5,000 pounds. I don't know. Chimney may not be within six feet of the cable edge of the roof. Again, why? Because of a swing fall, number one. And number two, you're putting people at work, at uh, at risk. Your restraint line shall be padded where they are touched, where they touch angle, sharp, or rough surfaces. Now, if you don't believe me on this, so you go to YouTube and you have... Fall protection over a sharp edge. And there's a video put out by a manufacturer that shows what happens when a fall protection rope goes over a sharp edge. It's a really a bad situation. Approved ground based anchorages. Now this would be where uh, I would if I was a another roofing contractor, I would probably write to OSHA and ask about this to get a letter of interpretation. It's like begging for a uh, letter of interpretation here. The following objects may be used as single anchorage for a travel restraint system when the listed requirements are met. One, a mature tree that, based on visual inspection prior to use, meets the following requirements. One, A, the tree has a trunk that appears to be at least 6.5 inches in diameter. B, the tree shall be inspected prior prior to use by striking the trunk with a rubber mallet In at least three locations to determine if the inside of the tree is solid. See, the tree is substantially in line with and on the opposite side of the roof from the work being performed. I would think like a 60-degree thing is probably what I would do. Then 60 degrees, why? Because that's where all the other anchorage points are designed as in the industry. The rope and or webbing between the tree and the eaves is at the shallow As as shallow an angle as possible to minimize the risk of anchor sling slippage to maintain a lateral load on the trunk, the anchor sling is installed as low as to the ground as possible. It's secure because right lower is less uh, lower means less force, right less leverage on the root system. Uh, It does not slide up on the trunk. If nails and or screws are used to secure the slings, they shall be placed above the sling. Not through the sling. Again, how many times do you see on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok you get people nailing ropes to the uh, to the roofs? That's none. And say, well, that's full protection. Yeah. Baloney. Uh, and it says a minimum three. If necessary, the rope slash rubbing shall be protected from any visible contact with tree sap. The uh, tree trunk shall be substantially free of visible fungus, rot, cracks, splits, or decay. And it goes on and on and on and on here with this. Again, they said you could use it. This is along the old joke, right? Yeah, you could go swimming, right? But don't go near the water sort of thing. That's what OSHA has done here with this agreement. Now, I can see all different types of abuse, and it goes up to a letter P here with this, right? And I would say that I I think it would behoove you if you are a confident person or a qualified person, and you want to go for uh uh, uh use this, you should probably get credentials from an arborist society or arborist organization on here. A structural member, such as a wooden structure or metal structure that, based upon visual inspection prior to use, meets the following requirements. One, a wooden structure that is made from 4x4 four four lim- lumber, which is actually 3.5 inches by 3.5 inches, or equivalent, e.g. 2x4 two, two lumber joined from the form of 4x4 four four lumber, or right, free of rot or cracks or de- decay substantially in line with and on the opposite side of the roof from the work being performed. Right? A metal structure that is solidly connected goes on and on. Now, you can uh, look this up. A vehicle that, based on visual inspection prior to use, meets the following. And know what? I better. Hold on, because I'm going to lose this here. All right. A vehicle. Now, this is what we always hear. Can you connect to a vehicle? Yeah, you can. But now we have some standards that we can do that OSHA has issued. A vehicle that, based upon visual inspection prior to use, meets the following requirements, has a gross vehicle weight of at least 4,000 pounds. So your used Yugo from the 80s probably doesn't meet this, or a Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, the vehicle shall be parked on a clean, dry, stable surface, not on ice. Right? The vehicle shall be in line with and on the opposite side of the roof from the work being performed, with a restraint line in line with the length of the vehicle. Right? A restraint line shall not cross the vehicle travel ways. Uh, a vehicle shall be parked with the ignition off. A vehicle with an automatic transmission shall be in park. A vehicle with a manual transmission, which they still make, by the way, shall be in gear. The vehicle shall have a parking brake set, wheels chocked to restrain movement, and the vehicle in both directions. So what does wheels chocked mean? You go out and you get the real wheel chocks, not like the brick that you found on the side of the road. The keys to the vehicle shall remain, remain with the worker performing the roof. This is like a lockout-tagout situation. My question is this. What happens if you have duplicate keys? A tag shall be placed near the ignition warning that a vehicle is not to be moved. The restraint line shall be connected to the approved connection points on the vehicle. Okay, try to figure that out. All right. And shall be padded when they touch angle, sharp, or rough surfaces. The only approved connection points that are following are the following. One, around wheels. Two, through openings and rims. B, pillar. A, frame. And five axles. Four frame, five axles. So let's go through that again. Around the wheels, through the openings and the rims, through a B pillar, a frame, or the axles. All right, that's what it has to be. Again, all this stuff in writing. Roof travel or a train systems using non-premeter training roof access. A non-premite training roof anchorage is one that secures onto a suitable component of the roof, but is not nailed, screwed, or bolted to the roof. Uh so there are different systems out there in cases where a system and its components are assembled and sold and used in a manner consistent with the manufacturer's instructions, specifications for their use, and in accordance with their intended use. Meaning that you cannot just go out and buy this stuff off uh that place that uh, is named after a river online. All right. You have to actually go to the manufacturer, buy it, or if you buy it from that place that I mentioned, you have to have some type of real training with this. And this is where people fail is they don't read the instruction manual. I know how to do this. This is the way it must go. They don't read the instruction manual. And then guess what happens? Bad things happen. The system may only be relied upon to provide fault protection while performing the work where the location and characteristics of the work is. And the roof slope, uh, uh, right, and won't dislodge uh, the anchorage. When the roof slope is not more than the slope for which the system or its components are rated by the manufacturer. Again, get training on that equipment. Read the instruction manuals. Personal fall arrest systems. Let's see what's different here. This looks like all of the uh, normal sub for general condition rooftop personal fall arrest systems or in Appendix B, right? A non-penetrating roof anchorage is one that secures onto a suitable component of the roof and is not nailed, screwed, or bolted to the component. In cases where a system where its components are assembled and sold and used in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions and specifications for their use and in accordance with their intended use, a competent person may assemble, install, or use a system or supervise the system's installation or use. Otherwise, the determination that it, uh, that the system is safe and appropriate to use as a personal fall arrest system under the circumstances that the site must be made by a qualified person. The system... Right? So you have to have, right, you read the instruction and a confident person uh, installs, or a qualified individual has to go and make a call as to whether it's appropriate or not. The system may only be relied upon to provide fall protection while performing the work, where the location and characteristics of the work and the way the non-penetrating roof anchorage is installed will not dislodge the penetration, penetrating roof anchorage. Roof slope is not more than the slope for which the system or components are designed. Attendance C, non-exclusive list of covered tasks. Following is a non-exclusive list of covered tasks. These tasks are only covered by this agreement to the extent that they fall. in. so everything that I mentioned here is only under these things. Related with chimney sweeping, insulation remover, replace chimney covers or caps, waterproof or painted chimney, repair chimney crowns, repair chimney chase, repair grounded and or more joints, replace chimney liners, replace broken or missing clay chimney liner tiles, replace broken, missing masonry units, repair flashing, repair roof flute or mechanical exhaust vents, replace shingles. The term cover task includes any other similar chimney maintenance or repair tasks that do not constitute uh, uh, construction. In some situations, the only practical means of assessing and this is in uh, against specialist access tasks. In some situations, the only practical means of assessing the top of the chimney to perform a cover task is by placing the feet of a portable ladder on the surface of the roof and leaning in against the chimney. In those situations, two types of ladders may be used: a straight portable ladder. Lashed tightly against the chimney at two different heights with both legs sitting firmly on the surface of the roof to provide firm support and prevent movement of the ladder. An appropriate rigid spacer may be used at the bottom between the ladder and the chimney to provide a slight incline that makes it easier to climb the ladder and descend it. Using foldable portable ladder with back legs lashed tightly against the chimney at two different heights and from both front legs sitting firmly on the surface of the roof or a level platform designed to design for this purpose, in order to provide firm support and prevent movement of the ladder, right, a competent person must determine whether a chimney-based travel restraint system is required in addition to any other fall protection systems. And they give you a model template here, uh, uh, along with this uh, agreement here. So that's what I have here. What's the moral of the story? Moral of the story is by December 1st, 2024, that's one year from last Friday, that's one year from last Friday, you need to be in compliance with this agreement if you're a chimney, if you're undercovered activities. Right? And that's uh, essentially it. There's a whole bunch of other ocean news we're going to save for the next broadcast. But what's, what do you need to do? Essentially, what you need to do is assess, analyze, and act. And three A's is safety. So assess what the hazards are. Analyze what those hazards are and act accordingly. Write your plans and everything else. We can help you there. 845-269-5772. Or gym at uh, we're uh at uh, I hope this was a help. And again, I think I... One of the first, if not the uh, first people uh, reporting on this. And that's what we're dedicated to. Uh, Bloomberg Law mentioned this. Uh, we're actually going into uh, greater detail. I'm sure there's going to be other stuff out there. Uh, OSHA has some resources out there for this. Uh, chimney these sweeps. Uh here uh let's see what the osha website is can i pull it up and not really there's some case studies but osha does have some stuff associated with uh, chimney sweeps here uh and all different types of accidents out there with uh uh, that are associated with this work. And again, you're you're required as an employer to supply a safe and healthful workplace. So even if they didn't come out with a, a, a settlement, you have to supply that uh, safe and healthful workplace. The other thing is this. Any of this compliance with OSHA stuff does not actually uh, – exclude or mean that there is that uh you can use this as an excuse if someone dies i was not uh, following the osha regulations uh, no not really you're still responsible if someone dies on your job from a fall and as we know uh 800 and some people in the construction industry die from falls every year uh i'm sure we're gonna have some follow-up to this and some comments like we normally do uh just want to thank everyone for bearing with me Uh, we went through a very deep dive on this and we're, uh, uh, we're on this, we're on this with this. Uh, I'm now please share this to any chimney sweep companies that you know of, um, with this that, and inform them of this stuff. So, uh, for safety wars, uh, this is Jim Polzel. We're going to go right on to, through our, uh, uh, conclusion our outro. Isn't that what they call it, right? You have an intro, you got to have an outro. And uh, we'll see you back here on your next uh, Safety Wars program. Hold on.